This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 535, January 11th, 2021. 44 degrees on this day in 1986, and 31 below on this day in 1977. I remember the 70s as being a terribly cold decade. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby coffee shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushman. Two points about my pretend drive to work this morning. Yeah. Last week I called, uh, uh, mentioning my pretend drive to work, I mentioned that I was saw the beautiful hoarfrost on all the trees and what have you. Mm-hmm. It's not hoarfrost. It's rime ice. I learned this from a uh, Paul Douglas weather blurb in the Saturday Tribune. He writes, in recent days, Minnesota has looked more like a cold, snowy San Francisco shrouded under a perpetual blanket of thick ice fog. Trees, shrubs, and bridges were spray-painted in white each morning in a slickly beautiful sight. This is rime ice which forms when supercooled water droplets freeze on contact with cold surfaces. Not the same thing as hoarfrost, which forms a frosty stubble on lawns and fields on clear, calm nights. It is a cousin to summer dew. There you have it. I've been looking at rime ice. I was corrected by my wife uh, the other day. We were driving in Wisconsin, and... Uh, I said, look, at there's a great hoarfrost. And she said, nope. She corrected me. She must have saw the exact same thing you did yeah, and said, it's, well, this I, is not I, I an would, example of hoarfrost. I would correct you also, Matthew, because it's pronounced hoarfrost. Oh, hoar-frost. you mean like uh, the Harlingen guy? Like yeah. Kenny is a whore. <laughs> this was rhyme ice. And the second uh, part of yeah. my uh, drive, pretend drive to work. quotes, yeah. Uh, I had about a 10-second... Moment of clarity when I I was comfortably seeing myself retired. It lasted ten seconds. I've been notoriously a guy who doesn't want to retire, but I've been thinking about it, and I thought, you know, I could do it. I could I could make it happen. I've always thought I couldn't successfully do it, but I could I could make it work. You, you could you could do it financially, Joe, but could you do it? Mentally, that's my that's you, my fear. I don't know. I th- for ten need, seconds, yeah. I thought I could. For ten seconds today, I thought I could. You need a place to go. You need something to do. Yep. You need something. Thank to you, Bud Grant. Mm-hmm. And then you got it out of your system. Then you threw it out in the in the trash. Right? It's, it's, still, it's gone. It's still, it's still there, Rook. It's it's lingering. You know, it's it's not forefront in my cranial lobes, but it it's there. It's there. Okay, then way to uh, 
Not that I'm already stressed out enough in life. I'm <laughs> pleased that you're entertaining these thoughts of uh, of ending it all. Uh-huh. I wasn't going to go there and make it about me, Matt, but uh, I, I'm on that same log raft with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know? Okay, I, okay, I'm not going to kiss up. But no, let, no, let me just let me just let me say this to. one thing. Do you know how many people, and this isn't directed just at you, would miss this show? Not for, as many for, as you think. Well, <laughs> some people are a little upset, and they're the hardcore ones. And they those GLers really surprise me because Garage Logic has always been a pillar of common sense. It, you can have different ideas. That's why you're sitting at the picnic table going. Joe, you're full of baloney. Let me tell you why. And and you're calmly saying, this is what I think. And then Joe says, here's my point. This is what I... And we have a, a, a nice conversation over the picnic table in the garage. And you can walk out of there disagreeing, but you still have the respect of whoever is uh, has a differing opinion. I'm going to read you two letters. I've got dozens on each viewpoint. <clears throat> Follow me? Yep. So these two letters represent many letters, but they're polar opposite letters. Uh, Mike Manick writes, Joe, now that you finally decided to come out of the closet, I wonder what your thoughts are on the weekend's events regarding the stifling of free speech in America. I'm speaking about Apple, Google, and Amazon teaming up to shut down Parler. Also, the purging of thousands of followers from conservative Twitter and Facebook sites the permanent suspension of the president's Twitter account, the call for the cleansing of the president's supporters, and that's just touching the surface. Does any of that bother you, or do you, or does your hatred of Trump make all this okay? The Democrats aren't even in control yet, and the gloves are off big time. I have to confess it's getting harder and harder to continue following GL. The lack of critical thinking since the COVID hit has been surprising. I also resent the fact that apparently anyone who is more than one inch to the right of center is now an extremist to you and the GL crew. I can't say good luck. Who said that? I can't say good luck because I wouldn't mean it. Okay, I got a lot of those. I got a lot of those. Okay. Okay, I got a lot of those. Now, here's the other letter. I got a lot of these. But what staff member said that? No staff member said that on Garage Logic. So that's inaccurate, but go ahead. Uh, Where do you get coming up with the phrase staff member? Uh, any GLer, he said. Uh, what did he say? Um, any you, Joe, rookie, Kenny, John, Reavers. That anybody's an inch to oh, yeah. a right is an, an inch extremist. to the right is an extremist to you and the GL crew. No, not true. No, that's okay, completely okay. false. Let's go to the next letter because I got I got a lot of those that Mike wrote, and I got a lot of these from Steve. This is from Steve Wilson. Hail the conservative flashlight king and his dimly lit candles. Hail you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Joe, you've recently taken quite a bit of heat for becoming too centrist and not conservative enough. By definition, conservative means discreet, modest, calculated, traditional, and preserving. I'd say you fit those definitions of a conservative to a T. Unfortunately, in the political world, the world conservative has become synonymous with the right. Heck, some of the most conservative people I know are Democrats, many are minimalists, and do good without boasting. What we saw last week at the Capitol was not a conservative movement, no different than the riots on Chicago and Lake. When you say we need to move to the center, I think you're saying we need to become more conservative again. Personally, I blame social media for 90% of our problems. We have to like or we have to hate. If we do something great, we have to blast it out there for praise. If we fail, we are attacked by our neighbor's keyboard. All of that defies conservatism and is pitting our citizens against one another. In other words, we're in a civil war. How about this for a New Year's resolution? Make any reference to Twitter, etc., foghornable. 
and instead reference quotes from Reagan, Churchill, Thatcher, Netanyahu, Eisenhower, or, God forbid, one of our founding fathers. Pushing back from the shadows, Chuck U. Farley. P.S. You've mentioned Jason from Wadena a couple of times, and I'd like you to give him my email address. Our distillery is open now in Wadena, and I'd sure like him to know it's a GL distillery, and he's welcome there. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, if if uh, uh, Jason in Wadena, if you're hearing that, uh, you email me, and I'll give you Steve's email address. How's that? Those are the, those represent the two thoughts we've had. There's no there's no middle ground, uh, and it's it's getting tiring. It's getting tiring. It's, it's just it's. It's becoming exhausting. I, if, if you want to know the truth, I think I perform a magic act every day, trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to walk this tightrope. Yeah, it's just incredible. I don't it's know what amazing the hell people that the, the, the center left and the center right need to reconnect. Yeah. Um, you know, like you say, the center isn't holding. And often what we fear the most is, is our own side as opposed to the opposite side. Um, you know, the far, far left. I'm more frightened of the far, far right than I am the far, far left. Um, mind you, mind you, I don't, I've been getting criticized for 50 years. That's not what I'm discussing here. What I'm discussing is that people have no room left in their consciousness to to see the middle ground. They're, it's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's either one or the other, and I don't. I've never lived like that. This has never been a right wing show, and it's never been a left wing show, ever, ever. I got another comment about the <laughs> the right and the left. It was a really good comment. If I can find it here, it is. Uh, uh, Mayor, at some point in last week's discussions, one of my fellow morons mentioned something that I think is worth further consideration. Why are the Proud Boys or QAnon or neo-Nazis called far-right? Why are these groups associated with the right? What about their actions and beliefs has anything to do with traditional conservatism? Nothing. My understanding of conservatism is that it reveres the individual, regardless of color, sex, or creed. My understanding of conservatism has always been that it respects character and achievement more than superficial traits like the color of one's skin. My understanding of conservatism is that it reveres tradition and institutions. Our Constitution, our Congress, our national capital are worthy of respect, even if they are flawed. A conservative would rather preserve what's good and rebuild or create new that which is no longer working. Defiling and destroying is not part of that movement. My understanding of the right is that it represents gumption, the willingness to jump in the game and work hard. I always felt that someone who has this view should welcome immigrants and should believe uh, mightily in Emma Lazarus's words inscribed in the Statue of Liberty. My understanding of the right is that it believes I don't have to agree with my neighbors on every point, but we can live together peacefully and respect others' differing opinions. The right, in my view, doesn't care to shut down other voices, nor does it require tinfoil hats and black helicopter conspiracies to understand that some folks just think and vote differently. I honestly can't, can't understand why these neo-Nazi, white supremacist, proud boy, QAnon, and similar groups are always described as right. There's nothing right about them. 
I honestly can't understand why right has allowed them into our midst or tolerated their flawed thinking and despicable actions. They need to be driven to the Gumption County line and told, keep out. All my life, the media has characterized these fringe groups as far right. Well, I resent the hell out of that. And while I think I understand some of the frustration of Trump supporters, I don't buy into the complete package of conspiracies and nonsense. I have my own boatload of frustrations with our political class, but being from the traditional right, I have no interest in storming the Capitol, nor in looting, burning, or other violence. In my humble opinion, we need to start culling what is not right from the right. Keep pushing back, Rick in Stillwater. Brilliant. Keep that one, yes. Joe. Keep that one. That goes on the board. Oh, my goodness. That's a good one. Let's put that one over here and keep that. That goes on the board. You know what? He's right. And I know I am very guilty of that. And... For his theory or his uh, hypotheses, we should use that for the far left, too. Uh, Antifa is not the liberals I know. I don't know about the liberals you know, but but it, it's not the liberal. Antifa is not the liberals I know. Which, with each passing day and uh, discovery and analysis of more and more video of the insurrection Wednesday at the Capitol, it becomes clearer and clearer that these fools were intent on blood. The way they treated police, the way they treated anyone in their way was despicable, criminal, felony. They got to go to jail. They're bad people. Yes. They got to they got to go to jail, man. They're bad, bad people. And uh and if you know anybody, if you're a GLer and you know anybody that's that's aching to create another disturbance in Washington, perhaps around the inauguration day, why don't you take it upon yourself to talk them off the ledge? Why don't you take it upon yourself to try to introduce them to some common sense? Nothing was stolen from us. No evidence proves that nothing was stolen from the American people. But you were fed Trump's lies since August about it, and you bought it. Quit buying it. Settle down. The sun came up today. Right. If, if you know anybody that's involved in this, and they're passing themselves off as a concerned conservative, B as in B, S as in S. They're felons waiting to, well, they're waiting to become felons. Well, uh, I think it's important to differentiate between the protesters and the people that stormed the building, you know, the same way we did uh, with the rioting here in Minneapolis. There was protesting and then there was flat-out rioting. Uh, and, you know, there's a distinction there, is there not? Yes, there is. There is. <clears throat> it's frustrating. Draining. It is. Let me tell you this. The, uh, the, the headlines are just screaming today what trouble lies ahead of us in the next few days, next few weeks, maybe even the next few years. Well, if you know anybody bent on that kind of destruction, for me, they're the left or right. You have a you have a moral responsibility to say something, confront them. I personally don't know anyone who intends uh, to go to the inauguration and cause trouble. If I did, I'd, I'd confront them. I'd say, "What the hell are you thinking?" Right. Don't be an idiot. But we need a way to express our extreme uh, disappointment isn't this a strong enough word uh extreme something to what where biden and harris are going to take us we don't know that uh, we don't know uh, where they're taking us we don't know yet 
Well, it's pretty clear with our Second Amendment where they're going, and it's like we brought up and talked about last last week. You know, they're gonna they're gonna pick away, and and they're not gonna be happy until they're all the firearms are gone. I don't your, think I don't think they can accomplish that. I don't think they, I don't think they're gonna accomplish rifle. that. I don't think they're gonna. Well, they're certainly that. gonna try. Well, what? I didn't intend to go down the Second Amendment road today, but I'll, I'll stay there a but, moment no, with you. No, we can throw that into the mix. Uh, Paris Accord, yeah. um, drilling, um, oil, coal, uh, global, you know, Green New Climate Deal. Change, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a bevy of of issues that they're going to take us down this road, whether we want to or not, with no discussion involved. Well, what's really funny is... Or what's ironic, I shouldn't say funny, is the fact that social media has created this this tension and this division. And then social media says, we don't like what you're saying. We're going to remove uh, what we don't want to, to have. Let me, let me address that. Uh, the yeah. first letter writer, Mike, uh, wanted to know what I think about Twitter uh, taking down uh, the Trump account. Well... It- Taking down the Trump account uh, carries a great distinction from, say, taking down mine. Uh, not that I'm worried that they'd take mine down, but it's, there's a great distinction between taking down the president's... Tr- he can call a press conference this afternoon. He'd have 12 cameras and 50 reporters there in a heartbeat if he wants I to. I think he is. He has yeah. called one, I believe. Yeah. But, but my, my point is you can't... Twitter can't silence the president of the United States. Uh, they can silence. Well, let, let's put it this way. Uh, everything in life is a slippery slope. It just depends whose slope you're on. Right. Now, you can take, uh, you can say, well, Apple, Google, and Amazon are private companies, and they can do whatever they want. Okay. But they've become, uh, well, they're a monopoly, the three of them. Right. Uh, and, and the more they work together, the more monopolistic they are. And you could even right. make the argument that with the invention of social media, which I have decried, I don't have a Facebook account, I don't have a Snapchat account or whatever the hell it's called, and you guys put me on Twitter for show purposes and I'm loathe to really do much with it. You can, you can, you can look at all of that and you can say that's going to be our undoing. But, but here's the problem. If these companies, if these private companies, Apple, Amazon, and Google, begin to act at the behest of a government, whether it's a democratically run government or a Republican run government, if these private companies act at the behest of the government, there's where you have your moral and ethical problem. There's where you see the beginning of the end of free speech. I don't see the beginning and end of free speech because Twitter took down Trump, who yelled fire in a crowded theater. Mm. You don't have the First Amendment right to yell fire in a crowded theater. You just don't have it. But he did that. And I, I for me personally, he incited violence. He welcomed it. So I'm not bothered that Trump took that Twitter took Trump down because Trump has a platform already. He just got to pick up the phone and say, come on over. I'm going to talk to everybody. They'll be there in a heartbeat. Hmm. He has that platform. It's just, but, it's, it's, it's particularly odious to his, to his followers because they, they, uh, seem to understand that that's how Trump has, has, uh, sustained his communication with the public is through Twitter. 
But don't forget, he can he can communicate with you any way he wants. He doesn't need Twitter. He has just well, chosen right. that. He's he has just chosen that. What they also did over the weekend, and it continues right now, is they're removing um, and eliminating and deleting accounts of his followers and of his supporters. Any account that they deem um, hateful, uh, dangerous. I, I'm unaware of this. How are they determining this? What are their standards for doing this? I'm, I'm unaware and, and of it's, this. And it's not followers, Joe. It's not based on the number of followers. Some of these follower, these people have you know anywhere from two to two thousand followers. Not a lot of followers. And it's all based on their tweets and what they've said and, and who they support. And, and not only is it happening on Twitter, but it's happening on Facebook. Uh, and it's happening uh, everywhere else. Google. Uh, Google owns Facebook. Bezo owns Amazon. And you know who, what else Bezo owns? He Washington owns Post. Uh, the Post. Yeah. Washington Post. Yeah. So everything is blue now, Joe. Social media is blue. A great deal of our nation's newspapers are blue. Everything is blue. Everything is doing the bidding the academy, of blue. The academy right is now. blue. The academy, the academy is blue. has yeah. been blue forever. Yeah. yeah. Now and, I feel like I lost, I'm blue. I'm I've lost crying. up to 300 <laughs> followers. I know you probably lost around 1,000 followers. Rookie, you should check and see how many you've lost. And these aren't people, you know, I'm doing stupid traffic tweets. You know, you don't lose 300 followers over the weekend because you called somebody a hooplehead for going I need an example, Kenny. Kenny, 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 I need an example of someone following you who is no longer following you and why. Well, they're gone. They're gone. I I can't... I can't tell you who they are. They're well, gone. Can you can you give me a, a, a guesstimate at what type of follower that was? Did they did they say something like, "I wish the insurrectionists had gotten in there far enough to kill Nancy Pelosi"? I'm pulling I, that account. I'm pulling that I, account. Okay, but how do you how do you filter through? Who's filtering through that? I thought they had uh, panelists. Uh, I, I'm mm-hmm. under the impression. Uh, I believe they're called jurors and. Uh, a parlor, for example, had a uh, a panel of jurors, and they would determine what was what could stay on and what could not. I, I'm only uh, I'm only assuming that Twitter has a has a jury. That's how I would uh, I would hope they do. I don't know. Is it all up to Jack Dorsey who gets to stay and doesn't? He can't keep up with twenty billion people. He's got to have a panel of jurists, I would imagine. Kenny, you're right. I went from seventy two and some change down to seven thousand thirty three. Right. And, and I, I don't post anything political. I, I did the right. funny thing with, uh, "Hey, I'm John Barron." It was the, the Trump mustache. I thought that thing. was hilarious. I thought yeah. it was hilarious too, and that wasn't right. political. I didn't say anything, and I don't do politics. And I lost what 150, 170. And what I don't understand is they're not pulling left leaning accounts or Democratic or liberal or whatever you want to call them at this point. Well, Antifa, I t- for that matter. Do we know that? Do we know that? Yes. Yeah. See, I'm not I'm not wise enough in the world of Twitter to understand the machinations and the manipulations. I have told you guys for ten years I, I saw trouble with this. I've been telling you guys ten for ten years. Yeah, you, I've seen the trouble right. with Facebook and I've seen the trouble with Twitter. I've seen the damage it does to teenagers. There are young people whose lives get ruined because of the BS that gets put on these Facebook accounts. Oh, Sally didn't get invited to the party, I wonder why. You know, that kind right. of crap. Right. It's it's the I, biggest hurdle young people are going to have to overcome in order to have a decent life. 
They're getting judged by people they don't even know. It's been the death knell of us. It's horrible. It's horrible. I've often wondered what the word, what the term deep state means. Who are these people? And over the weekend, I think, at least for me anyway, it was uh, it was revealed to me. Uh, it's an entity not being held accountable that that is going to shape our world. And that's what we found with Facebook, Twitter, uh, Amazon, and Apple, and everybody else. I don't, uh, this parlor thing, I've never even been on it, but I, I never had a pro or con thought about it. But it's gone, 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 gone. And mm-hmm. from what I understand, it was a conservative-leaning social media place, right? Just right. The, and yeah. I'm not I'm not sure whether I should be heartbroken by, about that. I'm unaware you, of, of, of parlor and was never on the site. You shouldn't be heartbroken, but you should be afraid for our future for the very reasons you brought up, this this monopoly, this collusion. Yes, they are all private companies, but they're working together in collusion as a monopoly to shape. It's, a, it's now a mechanism for Blue to shape the narrative of our country. Wow, 2021. This is – I didn't think – and I, I had realized, my eleven day subscription to twenty twenty one. I don't want. I'm sending it back. Canceling. <laughs> you know, and we get we get a lot of people fighting back on the whole censorship thing, and it's not censorship if it's a private company. Uh, and the founding fathers weren't imagining this when they gave us freedom of speech. It was supposed to protect us from government and not private. But this is the public web. It's it's basically our new public square. You know, hear ye, hear ye. It is. It is. And the founders could not have imagined it. No. So here here no. is a here is an argument that you have to take into consideration. <clears throat> have we as Americans developed an obligation to each other where we all must be heard about something? Let me let me keep working on that. Let me. Okay. I'm on the garage audio service road of life. In other words, in other words, uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and these other sites have become the town square of national discourse. Right. Yes, yes, so far, yes, so yes. good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like where the, you're going. The, yeah. The founders didn't didn't anticipate that. They saw three guys with beards on the corner, and they wanted to be able to talk to each other. Okay. And the government had no right to intrude on what they were telling each other. Okay. Now the modern the modern source of public discourse is social media, but it mm-hmm. has given rise to so much anonymity and so much anger that I'm going to make a terribly bold statement here. Would would we be better off as a country without Twitter and Facebook? Now you you know if Reavers is there, he could say, "Oh come on, Facebook! They find lost pets on Facebook, right, and a, you right, know, a woman uh, got her diamond right. ring back that she lost in Hawaii in 1962." Okay, okay, but what? Are you kidding me? We got along for a couple of hundred years without this without this mechanism in place that has become a large echo chamber. Mm. Oh, wait, wait a minute! What, what you're also missing is this easy method yeah. to to yeah. to be before if somebody didn't like a column you wrote they had to write a letter they had to send it to the pine i mean this is going way back but you know that was that took effort to be heard now there's no it's tippity tap tap enter and then you're on to the next thing I, i've told I you guys this story for this discussion i think it's too late for this discussion we should have had you know and and props to you for for telling us this for the last 10 years such but it's too late you can't put that genie back 
Column writing, by the way, is ruined. Uh, it's just ruined. I've told you guys this before. Pat and I have discussed it on the air many times. You know, 30 years ago, a newspaper subscriber read a columnist because that columnist was going to provide the reader some entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, a funny story or good writing or the, the columns in newspapers have always been a means by which the newspaper could kind of promote its more literate side, if I'm not sounding too fancy. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and no, people yeah, yeah. and people people read the col- I mean, people read Mike Royko and didn't care what his politics were. People sure. read Jimmy Breslin and didn't care what his politics were, although although both Jimmy and Mike were. It became very clear to you, if you wanted to think about it, what their politics were. Now, if Mike Royko was still alive and Jimmy Breslin was still alive, people don't would not be reading them for the entertainment value. They would be judging those columns merely on their own political beliefs. So, therefore, Mike Royko could write something that I would find brilliant, and he'd be ripped to shreds because it violated some uh, principle of the right or the left. It's, it's, I don't even want to do it anymore to tell you the truth. It's not worth it. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I don't care if you... 10 seconds coming back, Rook. That's 10 hey, seconds. I don't care if you quit that one. I want you here all the <laughs> You go ahead and now. You don't have to be heard at the paper. Well, it's, just, it's just ridiculous what people think. It's just ridiculous. You people asked have lost me about... their sense. Five minutes ago, you gave me an example of somebody, do we really need to hear that voice on Twitter? Uh, and I don't remember the particular... And I said probably not, but maybe we do because isn't free speech how we suss out the truisms in life? And how isn't did we that do it necessary? before Twitter? How did we do it before Twitter? It took effort. It took a great effort. You weren't hurt but, as fast, Joe. I got to tell you, when you say stuff like that, I start thinking. What would China do? What would North Korea do? You know what? I think those thoughts are dark, Joe. Okay, I think back prior to Twitter, and I do not feel that I was deprived in any way of my sense of what was taking place in America. I didn't need Twitter to help me form my opinions about what was taking place in America. Twitter is recent as 2008, by the way. So in 2007, do you think I felt deprived of any knowledge on the workings of America? No, I did not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Hmm. Remember those first few years? Hey, does anybody have a stepladder I can borrow for two days? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've got a little leftover pink paint, about a half a gallon worth. Anybody want this? (laughs) But let's get back to this question I posed, which I don't even know if it's a legitimate question. What obligation do we have to each other to make sure we all have a forum to be heard? You have a forum to be heard by virtue of your birthright. As an American citizen, you can write a letter to the editor, you can attend a campaign event, you can knock on doors, for you can do whatever you want. What, but that's, what, where, that's where following and followers comes into play. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I get some pretty heavy criticism and, and I'll, I'll check out the individual's profile and I'll see that that individual has two followers Mm-hmm. I don't even react. I just let it go. I let him have his his, you know, let him have his say and ignore it and go on with life. You I made a Grunhoffer's I mean? run. I made a Grunhoffer's run. Did I violate 
garage logic policy by not telling the game? Uh, I wasn't in town. I don't care. I know. I and think you would have had to come to my house to get it, and Reavers lives too far away, and so does Height. I think yeah. you're off the Nobody hook, Joe. No problem at all. Well, yeah. did I see a lot of rhyme ice on that journey on Saturday morning? It was really beautiful. That was rhyme ice. I'm going to wear that term out. Yeah. So I get there, and I got waited on by Patty, who's kind of Spencer's right-hand gal. Yep. And I got the tour of the new building, and it's extraordinary. And uh, got out of there a little lighter in the wallet. A little yeah. lighter in the wallet. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. But but got the sirloin and the brats and the burgers and some jerky. And, of course, the CP was on the phone, and every two minutes she was picking up something else from some, for some other kid. Right. So by the time we got out of there, I needed a wheelbarrow to take the stuff out to the car. But, oh, <laughs> we already had the sirloin steak and beef stroganoff. Was that wonderful? It just wonderful. Damn. I saw, saw some GLers there. Uh, it was great. It's a great experience at Grunhofer's. It's right in Hugo. Uh, I didn't even get lost. I, I went up 35. <laughs> You're a pro up 35, Went up 35 and went east on, I think it's 14 Main Street. Yep. And that takes you right into uh, Highway 61. You take a left, and Grunhofer's is right up there at the north end of downtown Hugo on Highway 61. And uh, what a delicious couple of bags of treats we brought home. What did it smell blocks. like when you walked in there? Oh, I, I bet it smelled good, it. like a it smoky like uh, ham or something like that. Oh, like picked, we got a meatloaf. We picked up a meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, we picked up two pounds of thick-cut bacon. Oh, my God. Uh, we had picked up belly burgers and rookie burgers. We picked up a variety of, oh, I picked up cheddar summer sausage. Oh, yeah. And I feared what it might do to the old gullet. <laughs> the, to old the old constitution. To the old constitution. Went down smooth as silk. Nothing happened. It was wonderful. Oh, it's just the best summer sausage you've ever had. In oh my life. man, it was just wonderful. Why do you tease us like this? Well, what? I still have some summer sausage. Yeah, but so. you have it sitting in front of you. I don't. Yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. That's uh, Grunhofer's. It's in Hugo, right on Highway 61. We'll be back. He's the mayor that doesn't like the way things are going. Joe Suchere. Boy, you really dug deep in the vault for this one, didn't you, Matthew? Yeah, I, I thought maybe with you here and Reavers out for the day, we'd see a little di- diversity in our uh, bumper music. But uh, I just have to tell you a secret. I don't know where he has all the bumps. <laughs> well, tax them. That's my secret. All right, GLers, what are you dreaming about? You dreaming of, like me, that new Polaris Ranger side-by-side, maybe a hot rod Razor, the RZR Polaris deal you can go out and jump driveways with, maybe a two-up sled or a trail machine, four-wheeler, with a vast inventory of nine different brands on hand. You know Moon Motorsports. They've got it for you there. You can check it all out, moonmotorsports.com, or better yet, stop in. They're right there on the south side of 94 up in Salo. Uh, all under one roof, and since it's the middle of winter, let's talk about motorbikes. If you're already summer dreaming, Moon has, count them, Yamaha, BMW, Ducati, Triumph, Honda, KTM, and those cool three-wheeled Can-Am deals that are, they look so fun, 
And the great thing is you can still get deals from the manufacturers on these 2020 machines, last year's models. And then, then what you do is you get that baby home. Don't let Moon store it. They will, of course. They'll store it for you. But get it home so you have something to look out in the garage. That's when you start tricking it out before Clever. spring breakup. Clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Moon has a wonderful parts and accessories uh, department, so they're going to help you with all the styling and profiling you can possibly imagine. Uh, after all, you know what? They've been there since 1971, family-owned and operated in Monticello for 50 years. And if it is actually, if it's time to service the bike, the wheeler, or even the sled, you got to get it in there. They've got the most experienced service department in the region right at Moon. That new ride you've been dreaming about, there it is, right there, Moon Motorsports. You can see it for yourself. Like I said, south side of 94 in Monticello or Pretty Pictures, moonmotorsports.com. I got a nice note from Kelly Moran, our friend Kelly Glad. Sure. Over the weekend, over the weekend, I read Montana 1948 for the first time, and I reread Of Mice and Men. You'll recall that those were the two books pulled from Sibley High School a couple of weeks ago. Well, they are similar books in that a man has to make a hard decision, a life-changing decision, a decision all his own. I'm sharing this with you because something has become abundantly clear to me, especially after the events of last week. We're in this for ourselves. We're alone. And those two books exemplify that, in my opinion. Our schools have failed us. Our local and federal government has failed us. We can't trust the news anymore. Censorship is now normal. Our Constitution is hanging by a thread. The falcon cannot hear the falconer. So it's up to us to find our own way, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Life is hard. In 1937, John Steinbeck knew that. In 1993, Larry Watson, the author of Montana 1948, knew that. And in 2021, I know that. So I'll continue. I'll read the books that they won't. I'll follow a moral code that they won't. I'll treat everyone with dignity and respect the way that they won't. I'll love and cherish life in the way that they won't. And as long as I'm able to think, I will not live for them. I will live for me. Good luck. P.S. By the way, one of my life's decisions lately has to be, has been to watch old episodes of The Golden Girls. So I've got that going for me, which is nice. God help us. Boy, she's off the deep end on that last See, item, that's, huh? That's a, letter, that's a letter from a GLer. That yeah. when you write me and tell me, well, now that you're officially out of the closet as a socialist, you're not a GLer. This right. is a GLer. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you That's go ahead and write me that I'm out of the closet. That's not going to break my heart, but you, you really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, restaurants open today, fellas. Yep. Well, yeah, fifty percent capacity. capacity. Yeah. But you know that in Minneapolis, uh, you still can't go to the bar, even though you right. can elsewhere. Uh, right. Small fry announced restrictions prohibiting service across <laughs> a bar top. Love that. To someone sitting or standing on the other side. Our communities and businesses have made extraordinary sacrifice, and this approach will best honor that sacrifice by making it more likely bars and restaurants can stay open while keeping customers and workers healthy, Mayor Fry said in a statement announcing the extended restrictions. We are continuing to target the highest risk activities, which hold an outsized importance in our state's largest and densest city, the mayor added. Tony Jaros River Garden in northeast Minneapolis was preparing to reopen on Monday. I expect I expected to be open. Everybody was excited to work, owner Dan Jaros said. Uh, Jaros said he scheduled his staff and placed orders with distributors. On Saturday, he got word that Minneapolis would extend restriction on bar tops. I couldn't believe it, he said. It was totally unexpected. Jaros Bar is basically just at a bar. In addition to the bar top, he has about a dozen booths that line one wall of the small building. 
with social distancing, he would only be able to seat six of them, meaning he could have about 12 people inside at a time. He says financially he can't reopen with such limited seating. Closing this bar isn't doing any good because people are going two miles down the road and drinking anyway, Jaro said. This isn't accomplishing anything. It's just making the bars in the outskirts busier. The city of Minneapolis put restrictions on bar top service on August 1st. Tony Jaros has been closed since then. With the restrictions extending into this year, Jaros isn't sure how much longer they'll last. I don't know how long I can make it, and I've been here for 50 years, he said. The lack of bar service also has an impact on bartenders who are missing out on the money. Guests belly up to the bar top, as guests belly up to the bar top. Without bar service, our bartenders have been hurting a little bit more than the average serving staff. Uh, this is the general manager of Stanley's Northeast Bar Room, Evan Soden, said. As a solution, Stanley's and many other restaurants in Minneapolis that have the physical space are pushing tables up to bar tops so they can be serviced by bartenders without them having to travel too far from their bar duties. Even though you can't serve over the bar itself, if you walk around the bar and serve your guests, that's been fine, Soden said. In his announcement on extending bar top restrictions, Mayor Fry said in two weeks he'll revisit the policy following the receipt of additional public health data. Well, this is the damnedest thing I've ever heard. You can go yep. in the restaurant. You can go in yep. the restaurant, but you can't sit at the bar. I thought the wall's restrictions were you could have two uh, groups of two at a bar, six feet apart, so that maybe the bar itself could accommodate a total of six people, three three twosomes. Let's right. Say. That's what I thought as well. I'm imagining a bar where I, I'm seeing three twosomes in their their distance. This this is this is. Joe, the, what, 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 is, what did Fry just appoint himself? What the health commissioner? Yep, he did. What That's the hell exactly is this? What he did? Well, yeah. also, there's a, a restaurant on Robert Street called Beirut, and it's yeah. Middle Eastern. It's it's a really good restaurant, and the guy's very vocal on uh, Facebook and Twitter. He's got a good attitude about it. The owner, and he said at fifty percent. We can't reopen because I can't afford to bring in my entire staff for only 50% of capacity. So this is just a 50% is a number that um, politicians have thrown out there. And it doesn't, I mean, it sounds great. I'm great that you can go somewhere at 50%. But as the business owner, he's right. He's got health insurance. He's got all that other stuff. None of those um, costs have changed. But 50% is not a magic number. The... uh Last week, and I joined in, I was just as guilty, Reavers was lamenting the fact that why why wait until today to open the bars and restaurants? Why couldn't you have opened them Friday to take advantage of football oh, playoffs did. and what have you? They did, Joe. They did. Well, well, it was. That might have been a case of Hanlon's razor, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. I think it was our stupidity. I think yeah. what the state was doing was giving them enough time to get supplies. Yeah, but they a lot of them opened. I'm just saying, I saw a lot of pickup trucks in a lot of bars over the weekend, and I mm-hmm. put some miles on. Yep. All right. Here's a what note power does Fry have to do this? Uh, explain I, that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, neither do I. Can I tell you? Can I tell you a story? Yeah, tell me a little Please. story. So I'm out for my walk Saturday. Boy, here it goes. And uh, I was in my on my Crocus Hill route, and I needed to buy. I knew setting off on the walk that I would stop at Walgreens 
uh, let's just make it the drugstore, to get a ream of paper for my printer here because I was out of paper. So I'm approaching Walgreens. I'm northbound on uh, whatever that is, their Grotto or Chatsworth, approaching Grand Avenue. And two silver Hondas pull up quickly, and a combined three teenage girls got out of the two cars, two out of one car and one out of the, the trailing car. And they went in. In the time it took me to buy a ream of paper and walk outside, I suddenly was joined by these three girls, each of whom had a a carry basket stuffed to the gills with beauty products and toothpaste and shampoo and what have you, combs. And I said to myself, there's no way they paid. They, they, They couldn't have paid. They didn't. They ripped it off. And they were squealing and laughing, got in the car and took off. I got the license plate number. Of one of the cars. Oh, good. So I walk back in. I find the manager and said, do you know you just got ripped off? And he said, yeah, I know. I said, well, I got the license number of one of the cars. You want it? And he says, yeah, sure, I'll turn it in. And I felt to myself that wow. he had no intention of doing anything. That they're used to wow. this. I I've never seen it before. stop them inside. In all my years, I've never seen, I've never seen a theft. What a... Oh, really? Charmed life I've led. I've never seen a theft. Wow. Well, theft. Even... You know what? That's a good heads up for you, though. That if something didn't look right, you gave him the uh, plate. And even though, I mean, boy, I sure hope the guy does something with it because that's that's what's. Uh, there's two things wrong. The girls, number one, entitled to taking beauty products, which are very expensive. And two, if he doesn't follow through that manager or that employee, uh, that's sheer laziness. That's because that can help stop the buck. Well, how much loss are these places willing to write off each year? Right. Is it part of a tax consequence for them? Boy, I hope not. I can't believe nobody tried to stop them in the store. No. Uh, usually, loss prevention will say, uh, "Don't don't get entangled. If we can if we can get them, we'll get them. But don't get in a physical fight with them." Those girls sound like if you would have challenged them, they would have been. Pulling hair and smacking you, slapping you, that kind of well, stuff. Well, well, plus it did not seem to bother them that I was clearly staring at her license plate and memorizing it. Well, oh, so hot. The car's hot then. I don't know. Oh, that could be too. Most likely. But geez, it was dispiriting. It just, uh, just a real small time example of the decline of moral and ethical integrity. They were laughing and they thought it was fun and. And they squealed out, and they they thought they were making the Bonnie and Clyde getaway. For all I know, they're very practiced at this. How would your mirror react to that? I I mean, isn't that what he he wants? Um, We're community responders. (laughs) Yeah. He certainly doesn't want them wrestled to the ground, and then their parents called, or worse yet, the police called, as we've witnessed time and time again with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know what? I think it's gotten to the point probably where the police are not called for what I just witnessed there Saturday. I just don't think it's I just don't think it's they're called. I think these kids probably routinely get away with this. Wow. I I it's that and a lot a whole lot worse. The CP was waiting in line at a different store two weeks ago to get a prescription. And she notices three guys stuffing stuff into their jackets in the pockets. And she's yelling at them, hey, hey, these guys are stealing stuff. And they, you know, glared at her threateningly. And then someone uh, behind the prescription counter got the CP's attention and waved her off. Said, leave it go. Let it alone. Don't do anything. What in the? Yeah, yeah. 
Heck. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I wish I could say something else because. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, if you're not going to protect your store, why should she? And once yeah. the word's out, once the word's out, that's done. They're going to keep coming back and picking yeah. away at you. It's like Corolla said about, a, I don't know, six months ago or so. He, he's got a whole bit he does on how laws are for the law abiding. The, the rest of us, the rest of them, you know. Oh, they're, my old man said that in the, in the 50s. Locks are for honest people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a I GL a, problem story I want to tell you. What? If you're carjacking and you're stealing and you're doing the B&Es, they're going to they're gonna let that go. But... Uh, Boy, if you need a permit to put up a garage, oh, my God, they are going to jump up your backside and move in. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I bought a Go chainsaw, ahead. Oh, a, a cordless chainsaw, battery a Battery power. operated? Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Black and Decker. It's a really nice toy. It's a 10-inch chain blade. Right. And I, but I, I bought it uh, naively. I, I'm now willing to recognize because I was just going to trim up the firewood that I keep getting delivered here. Right. You know, take a few inches off each log if I ooh, needed to. Ooh. That's a little dangerous, but go ahead. Well, not only is it dangerous, Kenny, I haven't yet devised a means to do it. In other words, a chainsaw is obviously intended to trim a branch off a tree to which the branch is anchored. <laughs> right. Is anchored. Yeah. You, right. you you can't take a free-floating piece of wood no. and no. apply a chainsaw to it. No. I like a, haul, a Mexican dancing bean or something I like that. I even hauled outside. I have a heavy industrial vice. <laughs> I put the log <laughs> in the that vice. That was fun to watch. It spun the vice around. The yeah. vice has to weigh 40 pounds. Yeah. It spun the vice around. So so I guess the story I'm saying is that uh, I really lost something on the knack scale there because clearly a chainsaw was not intended for the purpose I anticipated. You'd, no, I'd have to no. firmly secure the wood somehow. It would have to be firmly clamped down in such a way that the application of the chainsaw to the wood would not move the wood around. Right, and it's they're already short pieces, right? Yeah. 18 yeah. inches yeah. or less. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're smart, you don't let anybody hold on to it, and you certainly no. don't right. use your foot hold to do any of that. But no. No. Let, let me ask you something. Did the, did the chain, as it was running, hit the dirt at all? No, it, it, no. So it didn't go into the ground because no. that wrecks a, that that makes a chain dull instantly. No, I backed off dull. right away when I saw it wasn't working. I just backed okay. up. Yeah, In but, fact, I'll make you a good deal on this thing, Kenny, if you want. Yes, one. <laughs> that's what I've been waiting for. Right. That thank you, thank you, oh Lord, the G. Oh my goodness, that's exactly what I want because what you have is what we call up here in the sticks a tractor saw. What meaning? You just throw it on your tractor with you as you go out. My old man comes to me and he goes, look what I bought, a battery-operated chainsaw, you know, and I'm like, ah, ha, ha, you get, you know, Phenomum uh, products and practice, skirts right. and, a little starter, uh, you know, and start- a starter and chainsaw. And he's going, no, 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 dum-dum. I drive through the woods when I'm doing my mowing, and when there's a low-hanging branch, I lift, I get down on the floor, I grab my chainsaw with one finger, I lift up, and I cut that thing off yeah. without leaving the the seat of the tractor. Right. It's brilliant. But are battery-powered chainsaws, are they, are they powerful enough? 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, and, okay. and, and so, you use them for purposes like suits or my my dad. You know, they're just little handy little items for the city folks or, or though you know, it's not something you're going to use all day every day. I mean, if you're cutting up ten cords of wood, you know that thing stays in the shop. It's not like Pat with his hatchet is what you're no, saying. It's, no. it's 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 not applicable to what I wanted. It, it doesn't work. Yeah, I'd have to yeah. invent some giant jaws of life thing. To, to hold the wood still and then knock off three inches of the log, it's not it's not worth it. It was yeah. it's not a tool designed for what I was gonna use it for. But it's certainly a perfect time. tool to walk around the yard and trim branches. Yeah, yeah, they're wonderful for that. But no, yeah. you're right. Well when you're cutting tiny wood like that, you've got to start right at the source. Question. Yeah. The the real question that begs to be asked, why are you trimming down the I mean there's there's probably uniform the the wood is uniformly cut. My guess is, right? Well, it's gas station firewood, isn't right. it? Right. Why? Why no, would you not, need to reduce not, it? It's not. It's not gas station. Oh, firewood. that's right. You ordered it. That's right. That's, that's right. It's I great wood. You it's it. great wood. Right. I get it from a guy who's a GLer. Uh, right. 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 I forgot it, that. But why wonderful. do you have to trim it? Well, because I've got myself convinced that this stove I use, oh my God, uh, is more efficient when the wood is below the rim of the stove. In other words, if the logs are sticking over the out of the top of the stove, that can result in some smoke. I can get this thing damn near smokeless if I can keep the fire below the rim. Remember, Rook, the old circumference uh, deal. Isn't it? You make the circumference. Uh, no, you make the d- diameter smaller. Something. Something like that. You just. Or no, you de- you decrease the diameter. Rook. No, you make it smaller. Rook. How bad do we need a Garage Logic webcam in Such's backyard? One hundred percent. It should be twenty four seven. Mo- I would pay money to watch what goes on. Yeah, you'd also get a kick out of this uh, for <laughs> yes. Christmas. Uh, for Christmas, some of the boys in the family gave me a trail cam, and so far, ask me what I've captured. Uh, what have you captured rabbits, so far? Squirrels. Car headlights. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I told you my great story about what what I captured with my trail cam, right? Yeah. No, you did yourself and in his underwear <laughs> cooking uh, hot oh, dogs, right. yeah. <laughs> grilling, grilling <laughs> with no clothes on. That is oh, so God. repulsively oh, I, gross. I can't I, even. I set it up and pointed it at my cabin because I got to see what's going on here when I'm not around. <laughs> I just the life you lead, son. The life you lead. Is really All of a sudden, this big, lard-ass, naked guy comes bursting God. out the front door. Stop now, so I can. I, I can't have this in my head. The abominable snowman. Yes. Oh. Gross. With his chill so boys gross. sitting there. Say, did you get a chance to get to a Red Savoy Pizza this weekend? Uh, no, I know I two people that early. did. I know it's, two people it, that did. This is the original Red Savoy, the original recipe, and it's at all locations. Red's Savoy Pizza has been soda style since 1965. That's S-O-T-A, Minnesota style. We don't do the deep dish. We don't do the large pieces. Cotton squares, it's perfect, just like it should be. And uh, Red Savoy is has uh, planned to open a new location in downtown St. Paul this past March after several pandemic delays. The downtown St. Paul store is open. It's in the uh, on the main floor of that Treasure Island building where the Wild practice. Visit one of the 15 locations, soon to be 16. Download the app or visit SavoyPizza.com. 
You'll get rewards like free cheese bread on a first order or free pizza on your birthday, access to happy hour pricing, and now Red Savoy with the original prized recipe kept in a sealed mayonnaise jar mm-hmm. under the bar on 7th Street Don't for tell 50 where it years. Is. For 50 years, it's now that recipe used at all stores. Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville, Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo, Lakeville, next month, Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park, downtown St. Paul, the east side of St. Paul on White Bear Avenue, St. Paul on Snelling, Vadness Heights, and Woodbury. It's Red Savoy Pizza. It is just a fabulous treat, and uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And that's Red's, R-E-D, apostrophe S, Red Savoy. When Red when Red sold it to Reed, he said, just don't screw up this recipe. Just keep it intact, mm. and that's what you get at every Red Savoy Pizza. Judiciary. Judiciary? Judiciary. 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 I'm keeping all this in. Judiciary. <laughs> I'm not going to try it It's the Judiciary of Garage Logic. Kenny and Joe. Show off. Show off. I can't say it. You can. Oh, TrainingNDT.com. I want you to listen to this lineup, GLers. Northrop Grumman. Magellan Aerospace, Aerojet Rocketdyne, General Dynamics Ordnance and Tactical Systems. You want me to continue? I could do this all day. Oceaneering, Empire Caterpillar. Uh, These are just some of the uh, huge worldwide global corporations that are looking for NDT grads to come work for them doing non-destructive testing. I found the list. The entire list is on their website for the uh, Institute of Non-Destructive Testing. It's called trainingndt.com. Those jobs and Everything else you need to know about the education and then the career in non-destructive testing, it's right there. It's it's our, GLR, it's our answer to the failed academy. 93% placement rating. Uh, not only are the jobs waiting for you, they actually come to you. First you do six months of online study. Then one month in their new facilities up in Baxter for hands-on work. And that's when these corporations from around the globe, they show up and cherry-pick their next testers, their next tests, uh, techs. It could be you. It should be you. It should be me. Check out all the uh, info, trainingndt.com. Get signed up and enjoy the rest of your uh, life and career, trainingndt.com. I've been copied on a letter to the editor of the St. Paul paper by a fellow named Mike. A number of emailers have pointed this out to me. Uh, what Mike wrote, uh, uh, seriously, come on, with all that is happening, do you really need to incite your readers by drawing comparisons to and reminding us of the George Floyd issue and every police blotter story? This event happened 11 miles away from the George Floyd site in another city. And uh, Mike, in his letter, included a map. Uh, please, uh, now, is every police call now going to be physically measured, measured from the no-go zone at 38th and Chicago? Please do us readers a favor, stick to the facts of the story, and leave your political ideology out of the paper. What he was referring to, as you'll recall, that in, in Robbinsdale last week, a knife-wielding fellow was taken down by the police. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And then the, uh, towards the end of the story, the, the Pioneer Press wrote an associated press piece, so I don't know who wrote it. At the end of the story is this line. The shooting happened several miles from the site where George Floyd died after an encounter with Minneapolis police last spring. 
has nothing to do with this case. Nothing, as, nothing this, as the letter writer points out. It's 11 miles away in a different city. Yeah. That's just that's just the reporter's ideology creeping into the story, and it should have been edited out. But it wasn't. Yeah, and that's how it happens. There's there's just, you know, there's no more fourth estate, Joe. Everything's blue. And uh, Scott Berger, who had his own bout with COVID, a frequent emailer, writes, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. Hail you. Joe, the COVID-19 pandemic rages onward with no end in sight. Every single draconian measure heaped upon us has been mostly ineffective at stopping the spread of the virus. However, these same measures have been highly effective at destroying many small businesses, all the while impairing our sense of what it means to be a normal, functioning society. Oh, I just had a Royce-like gas attack. attack. On Friday, my bride and I ventured over to North Hudson for some in-house dining. When we arrived at 5.30 to beat the crowd, I was staggered to find the parking lot completely overflowing with cars and the restaurant packed to the rafters. Upon entering, neither the patrons nor staff were wearing masks or practicing any semblance of social distancing. Based upon that dining experience, I became intrigued on how Minnesota's case numbers and deaths compared to that of our friendly neighbor to the east, Wisconsin. Good. To date, Wisconsin's number of positive cases based on total tests given is 8.7%, all while allowing bars and restaurants to remain open with minimal mask usage in those establishments. Based on those who have tested positive, 1% have died from the virus. To date, Minnesota's number of positive cases based on total tests given is 7.7%, with a nine-month history of restricting or banning a plethora a plethora of social activities and totally restricting in-house dining at bars and restaurants on two occasions. Not to mention masks have been required in every indoor public setting since midsummer. Based on those who have tested positive, Minnesota's death rate stands at 1.3%, which is actually higher than Wisconsin's death rate. I then compared Florida, which has offered no restrictions to the general population, to the two states having the most draconian lockdown measures, California and New York. In Florida, positive cases based on total tests given stands at 6.8%. At the other end of the spectrum, California and New York have positive case numbers currently at 68 and 5.9%. Uh, in other words, there is very little, if any, difference in positive case numbers for the three states despite drastically different approaches to combating the spread of the virus. The one difference, however, is that California and New York are run by ultra-left-leaning politicians with Minnesota trailing not too far behind it becomes clear that all of these attempts to curtail the spread of COVID-19 are no more effective than those being allowed to live one's life in a mostly pre-pandemic manner. Instead of mandates, citizens are being asked to practice moderate social distancing and good hygiene. Before I finish my thought, I offer these thoughts from the perspective of someone who personally struggled with the infection for about 30 days in November and just this past week lost two friends to COVID-19. One of those friends was a devout Christian who lived by the motto, living life in fear is a life half-lived, and he accepted the risk while living life fully and with no regret. As I have stated from day one, the virus is stronger than these mandates imposed in the name of safety. Yes, the vaccine will be a tool to slow, slow the spread, but presently there isn't a scientist or physician who can tell anyone how long the immunity will last. It is my guess that this will become a situation where annual vaccinations will become necessary, and much like the influenza virus, this virus will continue to tally up deaths to the most to those most susceptible to its power. We all need to remember that the virus is nature in action, 
and anyone who thinks that humankind is more powerful than nature is a fool, never afraid, and always pushing back Scott from Invergrove. I, I wanted to read his letter because it's, this is coming to you from someone who all through November struggled with the COVID. And mm-hmm. has, has come out the other side. Has come out mm-hmm. the other side. Well, that's good news. I'm sorry about his dark friend. Days. He had some pretty hmm? dark days, did he not? Yeah, he, he admitted yeah. that he struggled yeah. with that pretty good. You know, I'm glad he brought up those numbers. Those numbers are very important. And I wish somebody would uh, have the balls to ask the governor and uh, small fry, you know, put those numbers in front of him <laughs> and see what he has to say. Um, but, you know, because they're always preaching science. They don't understand. They don't even understand the process of science. So they don't have any right. Well, to he's got it. people in place who uh, Walls has people in place who understand the science. Uh, well, I think the argument sure. that can be made sure. is the argument that can be made is that we're just not getting a bang for our buck here. Uh, the argument can be made is that what we're seeing in places with draconian restrictions are not much different than places that don't have any restrictions. Right. Because right. as Scott points out, man's not bigger than nature. The virus doesn't give a bleep what you do. If it wants to get you, it's going to get you. Which is, I, I go back to Fry prohibiting service at the bar of a restaurant. It just seems so. It, it just seems so silly. You, ten feet away, someone's going to be laughing and telling a joke and having dinner, but you won't let them walk to the bar. It makes no sense to me. Doesn't make right. it. It's again officious. It really is trying to be. What is it? Uh, something rather than useful. And whether this clown knows it or not, that cafe society is what the mystery bets its future on the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. They love to pretend they're Europe and have a cafe society. Well, you're effectively ruining it. It's not like manufacturers are rushing downtown to buy a building to make nuts and bolts. I think the analogy you were looking for, Matthew, was uh, bosom on a boar hog. Wasn't that? Is that what it was? I think that's what Joe used to say. What? Yep. Yeah, How's your bosom right in your boar hog? Well, Ingi wants us to know hmm. a long, exhaustive time in his life has, for all intents and purposes, come to an end. That being the search for the second and final Mrs. Ingi. I saw this on Facebook. He's. Happy. I met an intelligent, funny, and lovely woman from Orange County, California. For months, we've been video chatting for hours and most every day. Recently, I asked her if she'd like to meet in Las Vegas for the weekend. She said yes. Not the other yes, the one that signs a lifetime contract. She is a former surgical nurse, owns and manages multiple rental properties in two states, as well as trust accounts as a professional fiduciary. I introduced her to the history of the radio show and the now podcast. I gave her a podcast sticker for her car, and we listened together to a show while here. I will be going to Southern Cal next month. With her coming here in July, possibly for a live podcast, should the state fair go on in August. GLers, please welcome Garage Logic's newest GLA and CI girl, Diane. Well, congratulations, well, Dinky. Here's today's Radio Home. Hi, Diane. Hi, How are Diane. You? Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw it on Facebook. She's a lovely woman, and Ingy's uh, very happy. Well, I hope Diane know. knows that we like to have a little bit of fun with Ingy. Uh, Diane, you're probably going to have to have thick skin, too, because uh, some of it might roll off, Just and it's all in good fun. But welcome to Garage Logic, Diane. Wow, that sounded really good. We have Monday Night Sports Talk today, don't we? Welcome to Garage Logic, Diane. Yeah. You got the pipes today? I do have the pipes, but I feel fine. And it's old school. It's old school MNST, Joe. It's just you three. Are you going to stick around, Kenny? 
No. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You got to go shoot something? No. That old independent contractor thing, I got you. Only because they come to us all the way from where? I'd like to say this word, and it is Mumbai. Well, you're wrong. Damn it. Tom and his wife are in Dubai. Oh, well, wow. this is a curve. Dubai is not as fun to say as Mumbai. They're off Although they to, rhyme. Yeah. They're off to South America, South Africa tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So uh, it sounds like they've been sprung from Mumbai, and they're on the road, and he's still provided on this date in a Minnesota history. Stop over in Dubai. Cool. Just a little quick, like you zip in and zip out. I didn't That'd like going awesome. to Wisconsin. That'd oh. be very cool. In 1883 on this day, Henry Wilson, a professional burglar, and his pal Frank Wilmer, a horse thief, are caught by an alert janitor and the sheriff as they attempted to escape from the Ramsey County Jail in St. Paul. They had stolen a sledgehammer from workmen and nearly managed to pound a hole through the stone floor of a cell into the basement. So there you have it. On that. that doesn't seem like it would be a real quiet job. I, I'm, I'm amazed that that made the uh, that made the list. Huh? I, and one of them, the smart one, said, "I got an idea. Let's steal a sledgehammer, pound the hell out of the floor, and then we'll get out of here. See if we can get out." <laughs> yeah. Well, GLers, uh, was that that just there. one item from this day in history? Well, the other ones didn't do much for me. One other one. I mean, uh, I wasn't asking, but it, it's fine. In 1907, on this day, the St. Paul Institute of Science and Letters is incorporated with Charles W. Ames as its first president. The Institute's museum is first located in an auditorium, then moved to the Miriam Mansion on University Avenue, and finally to downtown St. Paul, where it became the Science Museum of Minnesota. Nice. Oh. I didn't know that. Now that's news that, that you know, you're a little interested. You're giving me something there. That's what where you're giving me something. What the hell? Well, give me one more to close well, it out. There's here. only no, three. In 1909, on this day, January yeah. 11th, Canada and the U.S. signed a treaty forming the International Joint Commission, a legislative body charged with preventing and settling disputes in the Boundary Waters region. Mm. Mm. I thought in the Boundary Waters, you just duke it mm. out, right? Well, not back then. They formed a committee. Okay. Formed a commission. I got you on that one, then. Uh, peace be unto us all. And, and to your spirit. To you. Huh? Is that what it is? Something, Something like that. Yeah, we got to get this straight. GLers, if you got a beef with suits, you got to air it out, man. Boom. I don't care about me, but if you got a buddy that's planning to go to Washington and wreak havoc, you got an obligation to talk him off the ledge. Talk him off the ledge. This country will repair itself. And we just, we got to really take a step back. And uh, no, the left is not winning, the right is not being forgotten. Let's just all settle down and play a game of Scrabble. Jeez. Huh? Scrabble? That's what I want to do. Pod MN is your... Such, are we going to end on that? Yeah, Pod MN is your clearinghouse for yes, Minnesota podcasts. On your smartphone, Pod MN. On your computer, PodMN.com. And don't forget to subscribe on the Garage Logic YouTube page and see Such take out his battery-operated chainsaw to cut up some wood. Catch you.